You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. We're stepping into, I'm in a unique situation right now of being in between um, a couple series. And so we just stepped out of the Fearless Conference, right, for Women for Cherish. Don't forget what happened, what God spoke there. But we're also... We were in a series of the Fearless series, and we're also stepping into this Grateful series. And so I don't like to put this picture up, but if I'm straddling a fence, I'm a little bit more on the Fearless side of the series for this Wednesday night. Um, Purpose of that is when you're in bondage, when you have fear in your life, and you have yet to overcome the fear, it's really hard in your heart to have a grateful heart. So I feel like God is backtracking us maybe a week or two into this series to give a word so that by Sunday and everything, you guys will have a grateful heart ready to receive. Uh, so that's where I'm at. Um, wanted to start off by giving you guys a secret, a secret about myself. So you guys ready for a secret? <laughs> He's recording. I'm sensitive. That's my secret. But not sensitive like the world says, uh, the, uh, what you guys are thinking. You guys are thinking I see a butterfly, I'm just going to start crying. However, if God's speaking through it, I probably will. Because I do believe emerge men, we should have a heart of flesh, and we should be sensitive to things absolutely. So I'm not above that. I'm not, I'm not too proud to cry. But what I mean sensitive tonight is actually a goal, and that's something that I encourage you guys to strive for as well. Um, it's, it's being sensitive to the promptings and the leadings of the Holy Spirit. So I'm expressing my heart tonight for you guys to understand that this message is not from me. It's, it's through me. But I feel like the Lord is bringing this to everybody here. Um, That being said, this message, I believe, is for the old in the room and for the young. For those who have been here for 10, 15 years, and those are the first-timers tonight. I believe this word is for leadership and those who have yet to volunteer an an hour at this church. I believe it's for everybody. So that being said, I'm going to jump in. Motivational speeches. This is not a motivational speech. You can find a motivational speech... Everywhere You could go onto YouTube and you could spend hours upon hours getting motivated to put something to work, correct? You could go on Instagram, you could go on Facebook, you could go to any business conference, you could go to these meetups. And fortunately, unfortunately, you get them in the church too. Now I'm saying that because I don't know what side you stand on. I don't know if you stand on a fortunately, I'm motivated today and I'm going to go, I'm going to go slay it this week. Or if you have a bit of religion on you and you're like, That speech only had one verse in the whole message, and it's not enough for me. So I'm going to go back to my other church to where I can, they they open up the word, and they spend two hours diving in. Whatever it is, fortunately, unfortunately, wherever you stand, you could get a motivational speech up here. That's not my heart tonight. But if you leave here motivated, praise the Lord. That's all I care about, and that's what it is. So what motivates people, right? Sometimes it's an encouragement, it's a reward, but is there anything else that drives people to do anything? And my answer is absolutely. And the number one thing that pops up in my head is going back to this fearless is fear, right? Fear drives so many people to make decisions they don't want to do, and therefore they step off the God-given path that, or the God, the God path they have on their life, correct? So what does that look like outside of the church? And I'm going to be direct, I'm going to be blunt. But I'm going to be sensitive, so I'm going to let you guys know. Outside of the church, people make fear-based decisions. I'm just going to be honest. They'll put on a mask 
and they're in their car, and the windows are up, and they got a face shield, and they got gloves, and that's a fear-based decision to go out and attack the world. And I'm not knocking you if you wear a mask. I'm not knocking that. You know, there's people I absolutely love and adore, but if it's a fear-based decision, it's not of God. The other thing is, leading into that, maybe some people make a fear-based decision to get a vaccine. I know personally people that preach they're anti-vax, 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 and then they'll go get this because of fear. Correct? So we make decisions outside of that. What else does that look like? That looks like outside of the church. I'm afraid I can't make it in California, so I'm going to pack my stuff up, my family. I'm going to move to Iowa. I'm going to move to Nebraska, Arizona. I'm going to make a fear-based decision instead of trusting the Lord to do something like that. Public speaking, right? What about starting your business? Is there people here that Maybe you want to start a business, but they have a fear of failure. They have a fear of, of something, of what someone's going to say. What about not being adventurous, trying new foods, just doing things uh, extra? So now let me, let me go into the church a little bit. So I'm not going to offend anybody, <laughs> but the Holy Spirit likes to affect. Uh, he likes to convict some people. So if I say something that the Holy Spirit convicts inside of you, just smile, just smile. Like, we're, we're good. Inside of the church, what does that look like? Well, I'm afraid to tithe. Love the message. I'm afraid to tithe because I, I have more month than I have money, and I don't know what I'm going to do, right? Uh, another fear-based decision is when worship is going on, are you afraid to lift your hands? I have, I have a, a deeper conviction in that. Am I afraid to fall on my knees in worship here in, in the presence of the Lord, or am I going to be afraid of what people think about me, correct? Maybe that's some of you guys. What about not going to men's and women's prayer because you're afraid you don't know how to pray like a Pastor Michael or, you know, like a Jake Shooty or like an Alan Walter. Like maybe you're just afraid that you're going to be called on and put on the spot and, you know, you're just going to fumble your words. What about not going to a connect group? What about not going to emerge because you're afraid that it's all physical events and you're like, I can't do one push up to save my life. And, and you think that's all conference is. What about not going to cherish ladies? And you just make a decision not to go to cherish because of, of something, right? Using all of these, uh, oh, here's the part that may offend somebody. We got Christians that are afraid of a vaccine when we're supposed to be the head and not the tail. Now, I get it if you make an educated, um, if, if you do your education to not get vaccinated. But if you're running around in fear, it's another story. We've got believers in the church that are afraid of public schools, so they'll pull their, their kids home. Now, I'm not knocking anybody because I'm a homeschool parent. Yeah. On the flip side, you have those other believers that, out of fear, they're going to keep their, uh, uh, their, their kids home so that little Tommy doesn't grow up to, be, to see something that he shouldn't, right? These are fear-based decisions that we all make, and the funny thing is we're the head and not the tail, correct? Yeah. What do the majority of my examples I just use have in common? What's a common denominator for a lot of these? Right? The answer to that question is the title of my message tonight, and I'm going to answer. It's the fear of man. I tried to come up with a fancy title, but the Lord's like, no, it's just, it's the fear of man. Like, what is it um, that keeps a lot of believers, and I'm saying that to you guys because you're, you're here on a Wednesday night. You're not, like, this isn't a Sunday morning, and you're putting on your Sunday's best and coming to church. You're here on, you're here on purpose. A lot of believers have this fear of man that, that completely buckle their lives, and they have no idea. You see, I believe that God created us. I'm just going to give an example of a bird. 
I believe that God had created every single one of you guys to soar, to fly, to just, um, you know, I believe some of you guys are made like a bald eagle, to see the highest heights and to see views that, that some people just don't get to experience except for like in pictures and videos. I believe some of you guys are made like a hummingbird in absolute beauty with all the colors and, and the way that it can fly in the wind. Like I get knocked over from some of the wind. When you look at a hummingbird, they just, they can sit still. And I believe some of you guys in ministry are like a raven. Like you guys are called to bring bread to the prophets of God and drop them when they're in the wilderness, right? There, there's so many examples. And some of you guys have a unique voice and a, a, a distinct way of, of, of verbally sharing what God put on your heart like a turkey. Like their gobble is just not like any other bird, <laughs> right? And then you got the sea. I'm, just great examples of, of what birds are. So I want to give my first scripture tonight and dive into that. If you guys would turn to Proverbs 29, verse 25, and I'm asking that you guys would turn to that, or you guys can be the lazy Christians and look up on the screen. That's me. That's, I do that sometimes, but I still love you guys. Proverbs 29, verse 25 says, the fear of man lays a snare, but those who trust in the Lord will be safe. I want to break that down for a quick second. A snare. I don't know if you guys know what a snare is. A snare is when a hunter lays a trap to catch a bird. That's why I gave you guys the analogy of a bird. And in nature, there's a, either a branch that comes down or they could break off a tree branch and they can put it in the ground and they bend it like a fishing rod to have spring tension. And at the end of it, there's a noose. And at the end of a noose, there's a tripping stick and some bait. And when a bird steps into that and grabs the bait, the noose will catch them. And the funny thing about a snare is a snare is a trap that's not made like an arrow. Like I could put an arrow through a turkey and you would just go harvest a dead turkey. But a snare actually catches the bird alive. It'll catch it by the leg. Most of the time it'll catch it by the wing and it just can't fly off. And what it does is it'll fly off as long as the string will attach it, but it could never go in its God-given potential. If that's a bald eagle, the bald eagle will never soar above the mountains again. It's attached to a leash. So this snare word in Hebrew, in the Old Testament, is mokesh. This is, it's, it's a bait, a lure, or a snare. It's used 27 times throughout the whole Bible. 20 of its times, it's literally what I just described to you. It's either figuratively or it's literal. And it talks about the children of, uh, of Israel being in a snare it talks about chasing after false gods. It's a snare. And 20 times of that. You guys can go in there and look at it. Of the remaining seven times, three of them is like a hook. Wow. Right? A hook like you could put through the nose of a cattle. Wow. And if the cow is going a certain way, you can pull them this way. Yeah, yeah. Going back to my, my, my Proverbs scripture, the fear of man is exactly that. Have you guys ever thought of, man, I'm so afraid to come over here and get on my face during worship because I'm afraid what so-and-so is going to think of me? I would like to propose to you, you probably got a snare in your nose, and the fear of man is just grabbing you like a little puppy on a leash. I'm here to stir some things up, to bring up like, oh, man, do I really struggle? There's going to be a lot of questions tonight that, that I'm asking you guys to ask the Holy Spirit. So my first question I wanted to ask is, what is the fear of man? You guys are probably asking, like, I've never heard of this. Is this a new age church? It's not like, no, this is, I'm, I'm going to break it down to you. And some of this season, we've, we've heard of the fear of man. 
So the fear of man is simply just worrying about what man thinks before what God thinks. It's, it's lifting man on the throne seat and pulling God off. Not that you can do that, but you're, you're pulling his opinion off and putting him in your back pocket and saying, I'm going to worry about what so-and-so thinks. Anybody struggle with that? Just think about that for a second. Right? Another way, um, it, it's obviously like the opinions of man. When you listen to the opinions of man before you listen to what Christ says about you, it draws a wedge between you and what God has for you. Right? It's, it's literally hooking yourself. I always think about when you're fishing, like, does that fish not see my string? Can he not tell that this is bought at Walmart? Can he not tell this is plastic? But something about that, they, they just go after it. And sometimes I think unintentionally we go after opinions of man. So a flip side of, of what the fear of man is, is seeking the approval of men. Uh, being caught up in status rather than sonship. I want you guys to think about that. Are you striving for status in the church? Are you striving for status at work? Are you striving for a, a title that means nothing to God? Or are you simply being a son and saying, Lord, here I am. I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm here to worship you. Right? I'm asking those questions. So I want you guys, there, there's a, a couple scriptures. I have an Old Testament scripture that I want uh, that, that relates to this, and that's Jeremiah 17, verses 5 through 7. I want you guys to write this down. And I'm going to tie it in at the end. But I wanted to say that Jeremiah 17 starts off with, thus says the Lord. I'm going to pause there for a second. Just in case anybody's thinking that David Macon is saying something. This is a rhema word here. This is a live and active sharp word for you guys. And, and, I, and I have it highlighted, and I don't know when I highlighted this in my word. But um, here it goes. It says, thus says the Lord again. Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop again right there for a second. Because that sounds very similar to my Proverbs 29 scripture here where it says, you know, the fear of man lays a snare, right? But those who trust in the Lord are safe. If I'm cursed because I trust in man, it should make me think, how can I get out of this curse? Right? It should, it should naturally make you think that. If you jump down to verse 7, not that 6 isn't important, but 7 relates here. It says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. I want you to think about your day-to-day lives and what you're going through in the workplace, what you're going through here in church, what you're going through in ministry, and, and just any area of your life, and wondering, what areas am I seeking the approval of man? Am I looking for status? Am I, am I doing any of this? And, and I'm saying this again tonight to kind of stir the pot. All week long, I've been having this vision of, of a pot. And as you start to stir it around, it, whatever's on top is maybe some things that you could get out. Or if you accidentally have an eggshell in there, you can pull it out. Or whatever it is, sometimes there's a foam. If you're boiling it to a boil, you can, you can whisk some of that out. You can, you can str- uh, get some of, of the impurities out if you needed to. And... I had an example of when I hunted and, and I was doing something with the skull of, of, of a deer and, and that's what just kept coming over. But simply talking to you guys is that. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause here and I wanted to say that 2016, we had an election that brought so much division. And, uh, and obviously, this is a funny story, so everybody can relax. <laughs> um, 
Thanksgiving time comes around, and I have family that don't believe the way I believe, and, and uh, I remember my funny wife would say something like, I feel like when we're sitting around the table, we should ask who everyone voted for. <laughs> I'm trying to stir the pot like that. I'm trying to stir your guys' convictions inside so that the Holy Spirit can remove some of those impurities in you, right? I'm trying to get you guys to ask yourself, am I actually looking for status or am I actually serving God with my whole heart? So I gave you guys an Old Testament scripture, Jeremiah 17, verse 5 through 7, but I wanted to read in Matthew. So if you guys can turn, flip, click, or be lazy and look at the screen, um, Matthew 26, I'm actually going to read verses 69 through 75. So if you guys read along with me. This is a real-life example of the fear of man over somebody that we know named Peter. So in context, in this message, Peter now just had the Last Supper. He just took communion with the Lord. He's, he's sitting in a garden, and he's supposed to be praying and keeping watch, and he falls asleep. And Jesus on the other side over there, a little ways down, he's sweating, blood, tears are coming out, and he's like, Lord, if this... If there's any way that this cup could pass, let it be. But not my will, but your will be done. He's sitting there, and Peter's watching this whole thing, and they come to arrest him, and Peter wakes up. And, and if you guys know the story, Peter actually pulls out a sword, and he's protecting his best friend, and he slices the ear off of one of the priests. And if you guys remember when Jesus is asking, like, who does man say that I am? You know that the disciples ended up getting a proper teaching on, I am the Messiah. But something happened from then to the trial to where Peter now is such afraid of what people think of him that it affects his life. And this week I'm thinking about, I honestly believe that Peter struggled with the fear of man probably his whole life. You think about when the church was birthed and, and, and Paul comes to him and Peter gets up from sitting around those of uh, the, the church and he goes with those of influence. He's worried about what those of influence think. Like I honestly thought, Peter actually struggles about, with the fear of man. And it should make us think like, well, if Peter did, then I need to assess my heart, right? One of the great, greatest apostles that Jesus decided to build his church on. He struggled with this. None of us are above this. Every example I'm telling you guys, I've struggled with. Uh, and I'll, I'll dive into that a little bit deeper. So that's the context. Peter now sees his best friend arrested. And the Messiah, the one he believes is God, the one that came to die, the promised king of Israel. He's, he's come, he's been arrested. And so verse 69 says, Now Peter was sitting outside the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him and said, You also were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before them all, fear of man. Think about that. Fear of man, speaking to him. He denied it in front of them all saying, I do not know what you mean. And when he went out to the entrance, another servant girl saw him, and she said to the bystanders, this man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, fear of man spoke up, and he denied it to an oath. I do not know the man. Now he's just the man. He was God. So the fear of man changes your language. I want you to think about that. After a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, certainly you too are one of them, for your accent betrays you. When you're with the Lord so much, your voice should change. The way that you speak should change 
but are you are going to allow the, the, the fear of man to change you back to your old ways, change you back to what a, a way that God didn't create you to be, correct? Um, I want you guys to keep in mind that Jeremiah 17 verse. Uh, then he began to invoke a what? Jeremiah 17 said, cursed is the man who, who trusts in man, right? Like Peter's sitting there thinking what people care about him, that a curse came upon him. He started to speak cursings over himself. He started to, to change the way he talked. And he went um, just thinking about how much the power of the fear of man is. And he says, I do not know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the saying of Jesus, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. I wanted to say, and I wanted to be humble enough to let you guys know that I've cried and I wept bitterly over the opinions of man. Like, I'm talking this year, I'm talking 10 years ago. What, have you shed any tears over the opinions of man? Are you seeking a position that maybe you think you deserve and God tells you you deserve and you don't get that? Maybe you're seeking the approval of man. Maybe the fear of man is speaking to you guys. So I, uh, I also wanted to jump over to Luke because here's a little funny thing here. Um, Matthew, Mark are two gospels that are the same. Like uh, not, they're synoptic gospels, but the, the story is the same. But Luke is a little bit different. I wanted to read Luke's um, account of this. Luke's a doctor, so he kind of is a little bit more technical with things. But I want you to understand something about the way your voice changes, the words you use, the words you say, when the fear of man is, is hugging your heart. So going into the, some of these, the same thing, the servant girl comes up to him and says, like, this man was also with him. But now Peter sounds like somebody a little bit too cool. He sounds like, he says, woman, <laughs> I don't know him. He sounds a little bit different, right? And then he, he goes down again and they, and they say the same thing, but now when, what is it, in verse 58, it says, Peter said, man, he starts it off with, man, I am not, I'm not him. Bro, that's not me. And I'm sitting there thinking like, man, you, you just sound too cool. When you seek the approval of man, you start to be too cool for people that are around you. And I'm like, man, that kind of sounds like, and I hope you guys laugh at this, this kind of sounds like the movie Grease, Danny Zuko. He's having the summer loving in the beginning of the movie, and this is epic, like, this is a love story, he's in the water, and I'm like, there's nobody on the beach, what beach is that, like, he's, he's having this love with his girl, his high school girl, right, and then he gets to school, and Danny's too cool, he flips his collar up, and his friends are around, and Sandy comes up, and they get pushed face to face, and he's like, nah, man, and he's like, he's, he's playing it off like he's too cool, that's the fear of man right there. The fear of man will make you be like, I don't know that person, and it'll also make you act like you're too cool. Wow, right. Are you too cool for some of those, those, uh, those people that are just coming into your life? Yeah, Maybe the fear of man is speaking. So I have another question for you guys. Does the fear of man influence my life? So I want to give you guys a couple of examples. Are you constantly seeking the approval of men? Are you constantly working for a status? Uh, are you a social media addict? Oh, man, social media is so easy to, to, to strive for the, the approval of man, right? Because now they just don't have a thumbs up emoji. They got a thumbs down emoji. And when it's thumbs down, it's like, do you not like me? 
do you not like what I posted or do you just not like the content I just posted? And then he got the heart. And if you have somebody in your past, like a past girlfriend, a past boyfriend that decides to heart something, is that like, oh my gosh, like, I, that's not a real life example for me. I'm, I'm just saying that's not what happened to me. Mercy could let you know on that. But there's also the, the mad emoji or reaction. And it's like, are you mad at me? Did I post something wrong? Right? Then you got the care, of course. Maybe they care for me. Maybe they care for the post. But it's like, it's so easy in social media to be like, how many viewers did I get? So what did Instagram do? Instagram took away the how many views have you seen? So now it's just like, you don't know how many people can see your, your videos. Right? Because fear of man runs everything. Are you, do you have to post to get the approval of man? Maybe the fear of man is close by. I just, I just wanted to say that. Do you, like, I, like I mentioned, hanging out with those of power, being a Danny Zuko, like, do you, are, are you only hanging out with pastors, leaders, and people of influence and title and power or are you going after the one, right? Because if the fear of man is around you, you're constantly needing and striving for the approval of a pastor, of a leader, of somebody of influence. It's just a thought. Do you worship in this house? Do you serve in this house as part of a man vision? Or do you serve in this house because you absolutely love God and I'll, be, I'll, I'll do whatever I can. If there's a spilled coffee, I'm going to go mop it up. Am I going to, am I going to, do I have a calling? Do I feel like God has called me to be a worship leader? I love music my whole life. I, I, I want to learn music. I want to learn to play the guitar. I want to play the drums. Like, God call you for that or are you worried about looking dumb? I want to encourage you guys that. God created you to soar. God created you. If you're a turkey, he called you to, to gobble, gobble, right, in the house of the Lord. Or are you afraid of what people think? Right? So what is it that, that, that drives you? I, love, I was listening to the song Jaira on the way over here. And the very next verse, he says, you are enough. Now, when you guys listen to that song again, he says, Jaira, you are enough. It doesn't say you're enough and my pastor approves of me or my connect group leader approves of me. Here's another example. When somebody gets something that you desire or feel like is called on your life, do you get envious over that? Do you get angry? Do you get jealous? Fear of man is lurking. And again, I'm stirring the pot because our ministry team is going to be invited up in a minute. And as they, as they start to come up, I want you guys to ask the Lord this. But there's an answer to this. There's, there's an answer. There's an antidote for this fear of man. And, the, and going back to both of our scriptures, back in Jeremiah and back in Psalms, it says, blessed are those who trust in the Lord. Right? And so I believe that God's going to speak to you guys tonight. I, I wanted to stir the pot to ask the Lord, do I have the fear of man speaking to me? Do I have, am I constantly seeking the approval of men, women? To be honest with you, I'm going to be honest with you. Husbands, do you seek the approval of your wife or do you just honor God and the approval will follow? Wives, are you constantly looking to get the approval and affirmation of your husband? Now it should happen. But is that what thrives you or is it what Christ says? Think about that. Those who don't have a spouse. 
that, that right there is a, is a pretty good little counseling session that you guys can step into and just know that Christ is enough, what he says. So I wanted to close this out and I wanted to give a good few minutes for ministry time because I needed the fear of man stripped away from me. I constantly was striving for the approval of my parents in high school. I was constantly striving for the approval of my teammates and I was the captain. I was constantly striving for something that always left me empty, left me with cotton mouth, left me with an empty stomach. It just doesn't go on. And I'm telling you tonight, the Lord wants to break some of that off of you guys. He wants to set you free from the approval of man. We don't want to put a false idol worship up and we don't want to look like another man. We don't want to look like a certain leader. God made you individually. He made you a unique part of this church, a unique part of San Diego County, East County. So I wanted to have everybody stand up and I wanted to step into some ministry time as, as we close out. Ministry team, I, I want you guys to prepare because I feel that God's going to speak to some people, but I want you guys to close your eyes and bow your heads right now and I want you guys right now, the inner voice in your heart, to ask this question. Holy Spirit, what are you saying? What are you saying to me in this message? Does the fear of man have a grip around me? Am I stuck in a snare? Do I have a ceiling over my life because of man? Do I feel like I'm not good enough? Ask him. You know why I have confidence in you asking him? is because my God speaks. He's not a false God. He's a God that, that, that will answer you. Whether you're saved or not, my God cares for you. My God has a name and his name is Jesus. So right now, as you begin to ask the Lord, do I have the fear of man on my heart influencing me right now? I believe the Lord is speaking. Holy Spirit, speak to these, every single one of them. If you've never given your life to Christ, or you feel like maybe during church services, you've never lifted your hand because you're afraid of what somebody next to you thinks. If you're a leader in here, then and that's your life in church, is the constant image you're trying to portray. I simply just want you to lift your hand. I wanna pray for you guys. And I'll be the first to say, I'll be the first at the altar. Lord, I thank you right now for every single person here. See that hand, thank you. See it, thank you. Lord, I thank you right now that those under the sound of my voice hear your voice first. Lord, that you are breaking off the opinions of man. Lord, that the way that you beautifully created each and every one of us, you have called us to soar, not to be stuck in a snare. Jesus, I thank you for your touch. Lord, I thank you right now that, that God, that you're, that you're moving, that you're wiping away the old slate, that you're calling us into something else, a God-given road. Lord, I thank you right now. And, and, and everybody here that, I, I wanna do a quick exercise real quick that doesn't have to take a lot of movement, but the Bible says that 
in your heart one believes and with the mouth one confesses. And that's how we know we're saved. So if you lifted your hand tonight, or if you feel like you wanted to lift your hand, but the fear of man is still speaking, I want you to turn to somebody to the left or the right, and I want you to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Because there's power in that. I'm going to pull a quick Pastor Jurgen and tell a side story real quick. My grandfather, his whole life, he talked about the Lord, but he wasn't a God-fearing man. And when he got older, I had a chance to invite him to church on a Wednesday night, believe it or not. And we sat there, and the music was charismatic, and it was loud, and my grandpa's used to sitting on a chair alone while my grandma was at work, and, and I was nervous. And my grandpa raised his hand during an altar call, and we went up to the front, and we got prayer. And I remember my grandpa confessing with his mouth the condition of his heart, and he said, I believe Jesus is my Lord. Fast forward a few years, he, he gets terminally ill, and he's ready to pass away, and he's on his deathbed, and everybody in my family is weeping like there's no hope. And I'm rejoicing holding his hand as he takes his last breath because I knew that one day, my grandpa gave his life to Jesus and he confessed it. There's, there's absolute power in you guys confessing tonight. And I also want you guys to confess that the fear of man will no longer have a grip on your life. You guys won't be swayed by the opinions of man or woman. You guys won't have to change the way you guys look, the way that you worship, the way that you pray, the way, the way that you are living for Christ. If you're living for Christ, you're living for Christ. Don't let the fear of man speak to you any longer. So I'm going to close this out, and I want the ministry team to come up as this worship song comes on, and I want you guys to take a moment. You guys don't have to rush to the altar, but I want you guys to ask the Lord, Lord, what are you saying in this? Can I be free from this? He's going to speak. Nothing I'm, I'm going to say tonight has the power to do that. But God will speak to you guys tonight. So I want to thank you guys. I want to, I want to pray this out one last time as I hand this over to Pastor Michael. And I'm going, to, I'm going to step into some authority. I'm going to step into what God has given me right now to break some of these things off. So if the ministry team can come up now and people can start coming up and start breaking off the appearance, the, 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 the thoughts of man. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you right now for those under the sound of my voice right now that the fear of man will be broken in the name of Jesus. I declare right now that who the Son sets free is free indeed. Lord, I thank you right now that, that any word curse is spoken over men and women in this room right now would fall off as they take that step of faith out. Jesus, I thank you for the confession of their faith tonight. The confession that uh, uh, what your word says that when we resist the devil, he will flee. So right now, I declare freedom in this room. I declare right now the fear of man broken. I declare word curses broken by the power of the blood. Lord, that you are stirring up in the hearts of right now of your people of freedom. Lord, I thank you for that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.